Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your awesome love for us. Uh, Lord, thank you that you are not a distant God, but you're a relational God. Um, thank you that we can know you, that we can know you through your word. Um, Father, thank you for this time now we have to open up the Bible. Uh, we pray that you'd be preparing our hearts to, uh, to receive your word uh, as we are reflecting and thinking through Psalm 103. Uh, Lord, thank you um, yeah, again that you are a God who speaks to us. We pray that you would help us to listen well this morning and respond to you. Amen. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love, he will not always accuse, nor will he harbour his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works, everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul. What a psalm. Well, friends, the mad Christmas season is drawing to a close, and that means it's the time of the year when we look back over the last year and reflect on the year that's gone. Uh, I'm not sure whether it's something that you tend to do. It's often something that happens through the media. Um, each year, Google publishes their top search results for the year. 
Um, uh, of course, it includes the usual sort of unexpected political events through the year, lots of sport as well. Did you know the second most common search overall in Australia was for the Rugby World Cup, which our South African friends are still uh, in living in the glow of? Um, there's a few bizarre searches. The number one why is search for the year was why is Madonna wearing an eye patch at Eurovision? Who knows? Um, there were some positive events in there, like the 30th anniversary of the collapse of the Berlin Wall. Uh, but there's also a lot of searches. It's interesting to get a bit of an insight. There are also a lot of searches that just remind you what a broken world we're living in. Uh, from the Christchurch shooting to the massive floods in North Queensland. But the number one search for the year overall is something that's been on all of our minds. The number one search for the year uh, has been the words, fires near me. Um, so it's a real mixed bag. It's a real mixed bag, what people have searched for through the year. But of course, internet searches don't actually show many of the far deeper and more personal things that are on our hearts as we reflect on this year. That we've, uh, There are many joys, people coming to know Jesus and receiving new life in him. Um, new babies being born, weddings, um, many hardships too though, many unexpected illnesses and injuries, um, strain in relationships, the grief of saying goodbye to friends and loved ones. Uh, as a church, we've experienced all of these things and more this year. So I imagine that you are finishing 2019 with some mixed feelings uh, as well. well. Friends, we're reflecting on this wonderful psalm together, Psalm 103. And one of the first things that jumps out to you as you read through this psalm is that there are no mixed feelings at all in this psalm. Uh, it's just this like outpouring of praise to God. It was written by King David. Uh, David had plenty of reasons to have mixed feelings. And lots of the Psalms actually do give voice to those. Uh, there is a right, uh, uh, probably more, I think more Psalms than any other actually give voice to those. There is a right and good place for God's people to express uh, those difficult feelings to God. But Psalm 103 shows us that, that there is also a right and good place for God's people to join God's King here in lifting our hearts above ourselves and setting them on God, who is always worthy of all praise, all the time, in every place. But do you notice how David goes about this uh, in the first couple of verses? And this is really helpful. Uh, if you have a Bible on the way in, there should be a, a bookmark in there. It should come up on the screen as well. This is just really helpful. He starts the psalm by talking to himself. He, he urges himself. We do this all the time. Come on, Duncan, you can do it. Finish off that Christmas ham. Uh, uh, we, we do do it all the time, though, don't we? Uh, we kind of urge ourselves on to uh, talk to ourselves. Oh, David does this here for himself. He's saying, come on, David. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being. Praise his holy name. It's something that David does a number of times through the Psalms. 
And I think it actually shows us something really significant and important to reflect on. Uh, there was a, a great Christian leader in, um, in Britain of the last century, a man named Martin Lloyd-Jones. He talks about this. It's from a different psalm, Psalm 42. He talks about this, David sort of talking to himself. And he says something I just found really helpful. He talks about how much of our unhappiness in life comes from the fact that we listen to ourselves instead of talking to ourselves. He says this, Take those thoughts that come to you the moment you wake up in the morning. You have not originated them, but they are talking to you. They bring back the problems of yesterday. Somebody is talking. Who is talking to you? Yourself is talking to you. Now this man's treatment in Psalm 42, and, but it's also here in Psalm 103, this man's treatment was this. Instead of allowing this self to talk to him, he starts talking to himself. Why art thou so cast down, O my soul, he asks. His soul had been depressing him, crushing him, so he stands up and says, Self, listen for a moment. I will speak to you. Well, friends, I want to invite us all, I want to invite you this morning to speak to your soul. Um, what we have here in this psalm is a precious gift. It is the words of God's King, inspired by God's Spirit. The, uh, these are God's words given to us to speak to ourselves. So we can stand up and say, self, stop talking for a moment and listen. I will speak to you. You carry around with you all kinds of memories, all kinds of burdens and griefs and regrets, alongside all kinds of joys and blessings. But wherever you're at, whatever mixed feelings you carry, I urge you, my soul, today, now, to praise the Lord. Uh, and what David basically gives us in the rest of this psalm is an outpouring of why he can say this. Uh, why it makes sense for him to speak to his soul like this. He lists the reasons he has to praise God. He knows he's in danger of forgetting them. He's a, he knows he's in danger of living as if they weren't true. Uh, he knows he's in danger of letting other things come and crowd them out and take their place. So part of his speaking to himself is, in verse 2, did you notice there, he urges himself not to forget them. Don't forget. Forget not all his benefits. And from here on, it's like, it's like a waterfall. It's like this, this cascading of reasons that David just pours out why he can praise the Lord, why it makes sense for him to stand up and speak to himself. Listen, my soul. God is the one who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pits and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. It is a, it's such a breathtaking picture that David paints here. It's this picture of total acceptance, of wholeness, of significance, of satisfaction. Friends, if you're here this morning and you're someone who doesn't yet know this God, I want to invite you to just imagine this kind of a life. From verse 3, 
a life where every mess you have created, all of your selfish actions, every proud, bitter word, every sin is not just shot off to the side, but is completely taken away forever. Eternally forgiven, wiped away without one trace left. I want you to imagine a life where your broken body is healed and made whole. From verse 4, a life where even the pits, another way of talking about death, even death itself doesn't hold you because you've been redeemed. You've been paid for with a price that frees you even from the sentence of death. That would be a life of complete security. But the picture here is also one of this really deep and lasting significance. Do you notice that one where you are crowned with love and compassion? It's not just that your past sin is dealt with and then God says, just go about your own way and sort of wander around on your own. Your forgiveness gives you a whole new identity, gives you a crown. Uh, Wearing his love and compassion like this beautiful crown that gives you dignity and meaning Uh, In verse 5, David finishes off this incredible picture. This life is one where every desire you have is fully, deeply, truly satisfied with good things, where you don't need to keep running from one experience or relationship to another to satisfy your restless heart, but where you are at a deep and contented rest. And that satisfaction leads to to a kind of eternal youthfulness. That's the picture of the eagle he has here. Maybe you've seen eagles flying. Um, uh, When you see them up close, they're normally in sort of animal um, sort of shelters or something like that. Um, And even that is kind of majestic. But when you see them take off and uh, fly, the last time I think I got sort of close-ish to an eagle was out at Deep Creek. I'd see those majestic wedge-tailed eagles soaring around. It's just this image of effortless strength, like being 21 forever. This is the picture that David's painting. And you notice where this life comes from. David knows he can't get it from his own efforts. He knows this life comes from one source alone, the giver of all life. It's from God. They are his benefits, his blessings. Friends, as we've been reading through it, maybe you'll notice too how huge and expansive they are, um, how they, they actually, are, the description here is something that necessarily actually points forward. They point to a reality that David didn't know himself. Uh, he did get sick and die. Um, he wasn't perfectly satisfied in this life. He, he, he didn't fully know this reality, but he grasped at it in hope. And that drives the psalm forward to its fulfillment in Jesus, its perfect fulfillment. David knew of God's forgiveness through the sacrificial system in the Old Testament. He knew of God's forgiveness, but Jesus was the Lamb of, the, of God who takes away the sin of the world forever, once and for all. David knew God was the God of the living, not the dead. And so he knew he could entrust himself to God, even though he couldn't see the fullness of what that meant. But through his resurrection, Jesus guarantees 
a future for everyone who trusts him. A new creation where every disease will be permanently healed, where the pit will be no more, where there will be no more sickness or crying or mourning or pain. Friends, in Jesus, God has fully poured out his love and compassion, crowning the heads of his people. Jesus offers all people this kind of life. He he offered life to the full. He poured out his spirit, his living water, which means you need never be thirsty again. So, friends, what I'm trying to say is that David knew he could call his soul to praise God because of what he knew and experienced. And if you know Jesus, what David had just grasped at you know in its fullness. What he looked forward to in a kind of shady kind of in a shadow kind of way, in a in an outline way, you can look forward to with absolute confidence because of Jesus' resurrection from the dead. Okay. Well, up to now David's been talking about his own personal experiences of God's blessings. Here he shifts his focus to the God who gives these. Blessings for the rest, pretty much for the rest of the psalm. And I just want you to soak this in, friends. Here is the God David knew. Here is the God that you know if you know Jesus. Verse 6 He is the God who works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. This God cares for the oppressed, for the weak, for the widow, for the orphan, for the poor. Verse 7, he made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. Here is a God who doesn't leave us in the dark. This is the God who reveals himself in history. He did it through his great act of salvation in the Old Testament, the Exodus, which is kind of in the background here. But he has done it fully in the word made flesh, in Jesus himself, and in the ultimate Exodus that he has won. Uh, He's the God who is so different from our own hearts in verse 8. Did you notice that? Our own hearts that are so often selfish and proud. Here is the one who is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. Verse 10, he does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. Our rebellious hearts, our rejection of God and his grace, our sins deserve condemnation. But God is the one whose heart is to bring people out from what they deserve. That's what Jesus came to do. And as he bears our sin in himself, he takes our condemnation and gives us his life. And all of that culminates in verse 11 and 12. They're really at the centre of the psalm and for good reason. Friends, do you want to know why you can praise God today, regardless of what your 2019 has been? Why it makes sense for you to urge your soul like David did? Because as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, So far has he removed our transgressions from us.
friends, if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus, if you fear this God, not a, a cowering fear, but in thankful awe and respect, God's sure and unchanging word to you is that he loves you. Friends, it's possible to go a long, a long time hearing of this love, but still to kind of keep it at a distance, uh, to keep it in the abstract. It's, it's one thing that God loves the world. It's one thing to believe that. It's another thing entirely to believe that God loves you, loves me personally, that the almighty creator of the universe knows and thinks about you. That Jesus died, not just for sin in general, but for your sin, for my sin. That as Jesus hung on the cross, he was grabbing my rebellion and my shame, my insecurity and fear, the burden on my back, and he was flinging it as far from me as the east is from the west. In other words, as far as it could possibly be, never to meet again. Well, even that is not enough, though, for David. Even that's not enough. He fills all this out, and he goes on to have this incredible intimate picture of a father with his children. Uh, dads, we get it wrong so often, don't we? But I tell you, there's nothing that churns my gut more than the thought that one of my kids might be in serious pain or trouble. Uh, and David uses this image to bring home to us just what kind of love God has for us. Uh, not just actually for us, but I, what this psalm says to us is for you. Just what kind of love God has for you if you are his person. Verse 13, as a father has compassion on his children... So the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. He has compassion on you, like a father with his children, only he's the perfect father, without one ounce of selfishness. He doesn't get tired and grumpy. Uh, he's always perfectly available for his children. This father knows your frailty. He knows how you are formed. He remembers that you are dust in verse 14. We keep reading, The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the fields. The wind blows over it and it's gone. And its place remembers it no more. This is it's something good to remember, isn't it? As 2019 draws to a close. You are dust. You're like grass, like a flower. Amazing, beautiful, but... So fragile. The wind blows and it's gone. Friends, think about where you live. You see how it says at the end there, the, its place remembers it no more? Um, think about where you live, especially if you live in an older part of town that's been around for a while. Um, interesting, isn't it, to think who lived in that house, say, 80 years ago? They call it home just as much as you do. Um, and where are they? 
where are they now? Well, the wind blew and they're gone and that place remembers them no more. Friends, fast forward 80 years. The wind, for most of us, would have blown and our place will remember us no more. We're so fragile. And this father knows, knows it. He knows it. He has compassion for you in your fragility, in your mortality. But there's something more. He doesn't just have compassion. Uh, it's not just as if uh, God sort of wants to feel what we feel. No, no, no. He's, his compassion urges him to action. He's done something about it. Verse 17, this contrast to our frail mortality. From ever, uh, Here we go. From everlasting to everlasting. The Lord's love is with those who fear him, his righteousness with their children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. It's this contrast between the, the fragile, fleeting life that we all experience and the eternal, solid, everlasting love of God. And God has expressed his love. He's worked it out in action David knew something of it in his own experience. He knew something of it in the experience of Israel. But we know it fully in Jesus, friends. God has showed his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And this love does not blow away with the wind. It'll still be here in 80 years' time. It'll still be here in 800 years' time. It is eternal. And so if you are his person, if you have placed your trust in him, and if that trust flows out into humble obedience to him, you will be brought into the eternal reality of God's love. Uh, into a kingdom, verse 19, do you notice that? A kingdom that rules over all. Well, here, here's this kind of, the, we've reached the bottom of the waterfall, <laughs> this cascading of reasons why it makes sense for David to Speak to his soul in this psalm. And it's no wonder, I think, that David finishes the whole psalm with, with broadening out again and calling. He calls the whole world. In verse 20, Praise the Lord, you his angels, you his mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul. Well, this is the call of God's word to you today. To forget not all his benefits that are yours in Jesus. Complete security, significance, satisfaction through the eternal transforming love and righteousness of God. Perhaps you know this reality is not your own this morning. Well, it is offered to you. It's offered to you today. You can have confidence that it is true because of the real person of Jesus who fulfills everything that this psalm talks about. Uh, we would love to explore that with you uh, if uh, you want to take that further, especially uh, through term one as we're going to, as a church, read through Mark's gospel together and get to know the character of Jesus even deeper. It would be lovely to have you with us for that. Uh, but perhaps you have known these blessings and you realise that you actually have forgotten them. 
Um, not you know, you, not that you'd ever consciously deny them, but they, you, you've just they've just sort of made their way onto the shelf in your heart and your mind, and they're getting a little bit dusty. Well, today's the day to, the day to take them off the shelf, get the duster out, <laughs> have a look at them. Um, perhaps they've been overshadowed by other things. Friends, there are many other things that do cast a long and deep shadow. Psalm 103 is not inviting you to kind of glibly pretend that they don't exist. What Psalm 103 is inviting you to do is to see the light that has shone into the darkness. The light that is brighter than any shadow. And this psalm leads us to speak to ourselves, to urge our souls, to join with our King, and to praise the Lord. We're going to do that in a moment. We're going to sing this psalm together, a setting that's been put together, a great song. I'm going to read the psalm through, though, and then if the musicians could come up, We'll, we'll lead straight into this, to singing this psalm together after I've finished reading it. Uh, as the, when the music starts, please do stand uh, and sing your praise to God, to speak to your soul as you sing. But let me read this psalm together through one more time, friends. Psalm 103. Praise the Lord my soul, all my inmost being, Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or, or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish and flower, like a flower in the fields. The wind blows over it and it's gone. And its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him. His righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels. You mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts. You his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul.